Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and development of the DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Now, far, far, far in the future, we're going to be doing a couple of issues of The Flash, where Barry is up against our old pal The Shade and another villain who's called the Rainbow Raider. Yes. Yes. Now, what's this far-off future Rainbow Raider's real name, Pizzi? Roy G. Bivolo. Interesting. Of course it is. Could he possibly be anything else <laughs> other than a rainbow-themed villain with a name like that? <laughs> Especially in Central City. Could he be more of a rainbow-themed villain? <laughs> yeah. Before this Rainbow Raider chap, there were two others, you won't be surprised to learn. And we could, of course, just tell you about them when we reach 1981, issue 298 of The Flash. But instead of that, Pete and I are going to flip and stretch our rules on legacy. It's not a Golden Age character, but, you know, a Golden Age character will be involved down the line. And we're going to do the stories featuring these other Rainbow Raiders instead. This is also informed and affected by how much fun Pete and I had when we did the Plastic Man Dial H for Hero House of Mystery story a couple of months ago. Absolutely. Because I think, as I mentioned already, since we did that episode, I've basically collected a full run, <laughs> almost a full run, of the <laughs> Dial H for Hero series, which is a very David Steele thing to do. Because yes, as you probably guess from this rambling, one of the Rainbow Raiders appears in a Dial H for Hero House of Mystery story, and the other one appears in an issue of Superboy. And Pete and I are also huge fans of Superboy, and there aren't really too many opportunities for Superboy to pop up in the podcast, really, are there? No, not hugely, no. In our overall chronology, we're in 1967, and that's where we find the first story that we're going to do. Issue 167 of House of Mystery. We're back again with Robbie Reed. What's his catchphrase, Peter, that you love saying? Soccer Magee! <laughs> that's the one. I'd love to know the origins of Soccer Magee, I really would. But anyway. Yeah, but there must be a way of finding it out somehow. <laughs> so House of Mystery, issue 167, which was published on the 6th of April, 1967, with a cover date of June 1967. And, Pete, do you want to do that thing when you tell our lovely listeners all about the cover? I certainly shall. It says, Robbie Reed, the boy who can change into 1,000 superheroes. I don't know why they've narrowed it down to 1,000, but never mind. Wow. We then have the House of Mystery logo and the Dial H for Hero logo. And in the corner of the box, we have Robbie Reed dialing his H dial. Yay! And underneath that, for such a colourful character as the Rainbow Raider, we have a grey background. Very dull. Yes. And there's some text that says, Meet the villain who changes colours. The fantastic Rainbow Raiders. It's interesting it's plural. Yes. Because there's only one of them. Uh-huh. And underneath that, we have a hero. Basically, he's wearing an animal skin over one shoulder. Yes. And he has wavy, flowing ginger locks. And he's throwing a punch, literally throwing a punch, because he's punching the air. And this energy is coming off, hitting a hood in the Mm -hmm. face. Yep. And on the ground, in the foreground, we have a green man. Yeah. With a massive rainbow emblazoned all over his chest. He's got a sinister goatee as well. Mm -hmm. And coming from his eyes are beams of green energy heading towards our muscular hero. And this sinister chap in the foreground is saying... My green ray will slow you down to a crawl, Muscle Man. Muscle Man, obviously the name of this superhero. Yeah, yes. Muscle Man. He's obviously a ref on sort of like Tarzan or Hercules or that or Atlas, one of those sort of types. Yeah. 
one of those guys that always turned up in Silver Age Superman comics. Yeah, so. he could have walked straight out of a Charles Atlas advert or something. He looks like the successful mm-hmm. result of someone who's followed the Charles Atlas program. May well have done. <laughs> yeah, it's a cracking cover. You're right. He does look very sinister, the Rainbow Raider. Frankly, he looks like he could be a member of Gary Puckett's Union Gap or the Association or any of those other sort of now-sound American pop bands, you know, with a very neat goatee mm-hmm. and the very neat fringe. He looks like Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Clive on a bad day. <laughs> I'm a big fan, and I look forward to giving you his dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we jump into the story? Peter, nothing would give me greater pleasure at this point in time. Excellent. Tell me all about that splash page. So, we open the splash page, and it looks as though we're inside some kind of greenhouse or hothouse or something. We can see the the glass walls, the glass ceiling. Muscle Man is still with us, and in front of Muscle Man, there's a a large bottle jar with poison on its label, and there's a skull and crossbones, and there's some sort of cloud of smoke that looks like coming out of it. Muscle Man looks a bit pained. There's a massive Dial H for Hero logo, and in the doorway of this greenhouse, it's the blooming Rainbow Raider again, still green at this point, and he's saying, Goodbye, Muscle Man, forever! Those poison fumes will snuff out your life before you break out of my slow motion spell. And we have a little text box at the bottom of the splash page that says, Seven colours, seven crime coups. Such was the fantastic plot of Doc Quinn with his multi-hued laser that poured strange powers into his tinted tissues. Can even Robbie Reed, multi-hero, via his H-dial, circumvent the prismatic plunderer? The The fantastic fantastic Rainbow Rainbow Raider. Terrific. Now, it looks as though this logo has been rather haphazardly coloured in with some felt tips, but it probably hasn't. (laughs) I think it's quite jazzy, personally. It is, it's fantastic. It's very now. When I say now, I mean very 1967. (laughs) (laughs) Now meaning then... When will then be now? Soon. Yes. Over the page to page two, and the caption for the first panel says, Is this a scientific lecture going on at the lab hideout of the notorious Doc Quinn, inventive crime chief? Yes, we're in this laboratory, and we can see this gentleman, Doc Quinn, with his tidy hair and neat goatee. It looks so he could perhaps be a member of the Loving Spoonful, or the birds once they cut their hair to appeal to the country crowd. And he looks like he's firing some kind of laser beam device at a big chunk of sheet metal that's hanging on chains from the ceiling. He's a couple of hoods with him. One guy wears a brown suit and a hat, and one guy wears a blue suit, and that's how we're going to tell them apart. And the guy in the blue suit is saying, Gosh, boss, how can that red beam cut through armour plate like cheese? And Doc Quinn, who is not a medicine woman... <laughs> I was waiting for that to happen. I didn't know which one of us was going to do it first. (laughs) Doc Quinn replies, Because it's a laser beam of pure light packed with power. The secret is using a ruby crystal to purify the light beam. So in panel two, we get a close-up of Doc Quinn's hand holding a, a multifaceted crystal, and he says, Now, to replace the ruby with this rare rainbow crystal I stumbled on. The only one in the world. And this crystal, multifaceted, we can see all sorts of colours, and it looks like there's bursts of blue and purple and orange and yellow and red energy bursting from it. Doc Quinn continues. Then, to power down the laser, and let the rays strike me. And we see that he has inserted this crystal into his machinery, and he's now being bathed in a burst of light, which covers the whole spectrum. You know, red, orange, yellow, green, etc. Doc Quinn continues. I'm absorbing all the power of this multicoloured laser beam to become the Rainbow Raider. And off camera, one of his hoods says, Gosh, boss, 
You mean you'll be all the rainbow colours at the same time? And we see that Doc Quinn, or as we'll now refer to him, the Rainbow Raider, is now bright red with the rainbow over his chest, his little black trunks, and again with his neatly cropped hair and his tidy beard, he could almost be a member of the Trolls or the Seeds or any of those sort of bands. Anyway, he's bright red and he's declaring, No! One at a time! Starting with red, but like a human laser, I'm loaded with power! Watch! And a beam of red laser energy bursts from his index finger and strikes the aforementioned big chunk of steel that was hanging from the ceiling, continuing to cut it in half. And the blue suit Gooden says, Wow, boss! You blasted that armour plate to bits! Terrific! We arrive at the bottom of page two now, and we get a wider shot of the Rainbow Raider looking very confident as he stands there in his pants with his rainbow emblazoned over his chest, and he's standing next to a chart on the wall, and he's saying to his two goons, Now to launch Operation Rainbow Crimes! We'll follow a timetable and grab loot in those seven burgs, all in one day. Seven big jobs in one day? But boss, all the cops in the state will be closing in on us before we're through. No, they won't. You'll see how the Rainbow Raider will laugh at the law and pull the greatest series of robberies in history. It'll be the perfect crime, because they'll never nab me or the stolen loot. Let's go, men. So... Top of page three, we have a caption that says, Shortly at the Montvale Bank. You can see the Rainbow Raider and his two goons standing outside the, the bank. You can see their car, their getaway car, sort of parts. And the Rainbow Raider is blasting away at the wall, saying, It's Saturday, so the bank is closed. But I'll open it up my own way, blasting down the stone wall. The next panel, and they're inside the bank. The Rainbow Raider is zapping at the vault door, saying, Better than using nitro, eh, boys? A cool million in loot waiting for us in that vault. Great, boss. But the alarm went off, so we gotta hurry. Yes, there's a massive giant ring sound effect cutting through the panel. So, panel three, they've legged it from the bank, back out the hole in the ball, and they're getting into their getaway car, and the Rainbow Raider is saying, A cool million. Each of our seven jobs will net us the same loot. They zoom off. The caption for the next panel says, And when their getaway car is pursued by the police. Yeah, we can see them heading down a road, going under a bridge, and we see the Rainbow Raider firing back at the pursuing police car. And he says, Fools! Two red blast beams from the Rainbow Raider knock out your machine gun and wreck your engine! Ha ha ha! Yeah, and sure enough, we can see the police car being damaged, and from inside the police car, an officer says, Holy smoke, who is that red devil? So... We have a change of scenery. Meanwhile, in nearby Littleville, as Robbie Reed tunes in the news at his lab shack. That's a little known place where things can get together. The lab shack, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. We see Robbie's radio in the background and there's a voice emanating from it saying, Calling himself the Rainbow Raider, but coloured red all over. The criminal escaped from town with Rob Banks funds. Now following King Highway, Sedan... And Robbie is thinking, Jeepers, I better do some dialing. Sounds like a superhero job for me. And we see the glowing H dial in front of him. The caption for the next panel then says, Found in a cavern's depths, the mysterious dial spins under Robbie's eager finger, and its deciphered code spells out H-E-R-O. It's a great panel. That's heavy going on the socials. Yep, very dynamic shot of Robbie dialing. Burst of energy. We see the letters. Superb. Over the page to page four. And the caption for the first panel says... And miraculously, Robbie changes into... It's a great transformation panel. Probably put this one in the socials. Burst of gold energy. Robbie stands revealed as a rotund figure 
must be said, he looks very much like Bouncing Boy from the Legion of Superheroes. Quite similar, yes. Yeah, instead of having black hair and wearing a blue and white and black coloured outfit, he's wearing a green and yellow outfit. Now, it almost looks as though it's wearing a, an oversized inverse pair of yellow and green Y-fronts on his top. It's like a cross between Bouncing Boy and the Blimp from Inferior 5. Yeah, we have the letter B and another letter B emblazoned on top. And as this new hero takes form, he's thinking... Shokamuchii! This time I turned into a balloon boy. But among other things, I seem to have the ability to make myself light at will and fly. This immediately reminds me of the last House of Mystery Robbie Reed story we did where Robbie turned into Giant Boy, who was very similar to Colossal Boy from the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Now we have this chap who's very similar to Bouncing Boy. So now I'm going to suggest, obviously, that when you and I do our DC comic in the mm -hmm. future, Colossal Boy and Bouncing Boy get hurled back to the 20th century and have a Robbie Reed team-up where Robbie turns successively into Giant Boy and Balloon Boy. Exciting. It seems like it has to happen. Perhaps maybe Giant Boy could team up with Bouncing Boy and Balloon Boy could team up with Colossal Boy. Yeah. But remember, if Giant Boy comes back, he might be dead. As last we saw him. <laughs> yeah. It'll take place before that story. Because obviously Giant Boy's quite well established because you can get posters of him. Anyway, on with the plot. The next panel shows Balloon Boy floating over Littleville. And he's thinking, So here goes, after that strange rainbow radar. Montvale is only a few miles away, and I'll cross King Highway soon. Hmm. King's Highway is the name of a song by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on their 1991 album, Into the Great Wide Open. So that's nice. We have another caption in the next panel that says, Presently! We're up in the air with Balloon Boy looking down, and he can see the Rainbow Raiders car making a turn and speeding along. And Balloon Boy thinks to himself, There's the Rainbow Raiders' black sedan. It's turning off on a side road that leads straight to Oakdale. The next panel, we're down beside Rainbow Raider and his goon inside there. Must be said, it's more sort of purple-coloured sedan. As it speeds along, we can see Balloon Boy dropping down from the sky above them. And Balloon Boy is thinking, But he'll never get there. When I deflate myself and make myself heavier, I can drop on them like a ton of bricks. So yes, the sedan is speeding along, we can see Rainbow Raider, and Brown Suit Hat Goon is driving, and Brown Suit Hat Goon says, Hey boss, look, some kind of superhero in the air, he's coming down after us. Close up inset panel of Rainbow Raider, who says, Bah, he'll never get us, because the first time sequence is over, and now the Rainbow Raider will change into another colour. He looks like Leonardo DiCaprio in that panel, that's really odd. So, we have a tiny caption now that says, continued in second page following. Full-page advert for a G.I. Joe Frogman toy. And we're back into the story. So we're inside the sedan with the brown-suited, hatted goon guy and the Rainbow Raider. Brown-suited, hatted goon guy says, Wow! Now you're orange all over, boss! And Rainbow Raider from this angle looks very satanic, doesn't he? Yes, absolutely. Huh? It's like an illustration of Roger Delgado's master from a 70s Doctor Who annual. The Rainbow Raider is saying, Right, and I have a new power too. Pouring out a heavy mist from my hair. Just what the doc ordered. <laughs> yes, and sure enough, there are little clouds of mist and smoke, it looks like, emanating into the back of his head. That's amazing. I've never known of a supervillain who had the power to pour out a heavy mist from his hair. It's unusual. <laughs> Perhaps the mist can. He may be the only one who can. But who knows? Hey, they could team up. Write that down. Write that down for me do a comic. Anyway. The caption for the next panel says, And Robbie the Balloon Boy finds himself stymied. Yes, we're back with Balloon Boy, up in the air, and a cloud of orange mist has obscured his view, because Balloon Boy's thinking, That orange mist sprang up, 
hiding the crook car completely. Got to turn back up. And it's a nice high angle shot in the next panel. We can see the cloud of dust, orange dust, continuing along the highway with the car. It's quite interesting. From the cloud, we hear the voice of the Rainbow Raider saying, The orange mist will follow us and keep us hidden from that would-be superhero and anybody else. But those glasses I gave you, Monk, enable you to see. Monk, obviously, is the name of one of these bad guy cohorts. Balloon Boy observes the car driving off in the cloud of dust and he thinks, Hmm, the Rainbow Raider seems to be heading for Oakdale. I'll bet he plans to rob their famous jewel mine. I'll meet them there. Slow dissolve in a caption of the next panel says, At Oakdale, shortly afterward. And we see the sedan at a halt. Rainbow Raider, still coloured orange, and we can get a nice shot of his fabulous white ankle boots in this panel. He's emerging from the car. There's a little sign that says, Town of Oakdale, Rainbow Raider is saying, Right on the dot, according to my timetable of rainbow crimes. In a moment... I'll change colour again with a new kind of power I'll need to loot the jewel mine. Now this is interesting because it looks like the excavations, <laughs> from what we see in the next panel, carry on right in the centre of the town. Yes. Because we can see some buildings and almost residential, sort of closely nearby. Unusual. Normally these things sort of take place elsewhere. It must be a really big concern because they built the town around it, I'm guessing. There's a, mm-hmm. a very high fence surrounding the mine workings. It basically looks like it's a a mountain dropped in in the middle of a town centre, listeners, if you try to picture it. There's a sign on the the big tall electric fence with the wire at the top saying, Warning! Electric fence! Keep out! Rainbow Raider is gesturing and saying to his goons, See? I've changed to yellow! Now to grab a million in gems, fresh from the mine! Yes, he's a very tasteful shade of pale yellow now. And brown-suited goon replies, But boss! That electrified fence! How are we gonna get through it? And we arrive at the top of page six, and Rainbow Raider declares, Watch! Before, as the red human laser, I shot forth energy. Now, in my yellow form, I can drain away energy. I'll draw every last volt out of that fence. And there's a big, massive, yellow electrical spark coming off the fence. The whole sky's turned red behind him. It's very dramatic. And this electrical energy is now arcing out and being absorbed by the Rainbow Raider. In the next panel, Rainbow Raider gets a close-up, being seen through the fence, and he says, See? Now it's dead. Cut an opening in the fence. Taps away at it, obviously registering that there's no current. The next panel, they're inside. You can see the hole in the fence they've got in. And brown-suited goon guy is knocking out a, a hapless mine worker who's in a little car that's obviously bearing out some of the gems. And we see Rainbow Raider helping himself to the stuff that's been carried in this little car. And Rainbow Raider is saying, They were so confident their electrified fence would keep out crooks that the guards aren't even around here. A million in jewels. Ours. All ours. Caption for the next panel says, But seconds later, like a bolt out of the blue, Balloon Boy plunges down in deflated form. Yes, they're now outside the fence, carrying their million in gems to the car, and Balloon Boy drops down behind them, saying, You're going to have precious little juice for those precious stones in jail. And as Balloon Boy is dropping into the frame, he's landing on the backs of the two goons, making them drop their jewels. Rainbow Raider whirls and says, Blast it! That superhero again, eh? But I'll fix you. I'll simply drain away whatever superpowers you have, as I did with the electrified fence. And little beams of yellow energy are emanating from his hands and striking Balloon Boy, who thinks, Mm -hmm. 
turning weak. Before I collapse, I'd better get away from him. Over the page to page seven, caption for the first panel says, But Doc's henchmen have recovered, and... Yep, we see them starting to chase after Balloon Boy. Rainbow Raider, holding the bags of jewels, says, Run him down and finish him off, once and for all. As Balloon Boy runs off, he thinks, Can't run fast. They'll catch me. Gasp. And he runs a corner in the next panel, but he's got his H dial out now, and he thinks, Kid's playing ball here. Got an idea. I'll dial back to Robbie, and... In the next panel, Brown Suit and Blue Suit have caught up with Robbie. Blue Suit has caught Robbie by the arm and is saying, Huh? Where is he? Quick, kid, did you see a balloon boy go past here? And Robbie replies, Balloon boy? You must be some kind of nuts. Do you see flying saucers too, poor fellow? In the next panel, Robbie's in close-up as he walks away from the two baddies, and the two baddies are watching him go, and Blue Suit Guy says, A wise guy. Well, let's go, Monk. Balloon boy simply disappeared. And Robbie's thinking, As soon as they're gone, I'll try dialing into another superhero. Excellent. Right. The caption for the next panel then says, But when Robbie spins the dial... It's a nice panel, actually. We're sort of low-level. One of Peter's favourite Dutch tilts going on. It's a nice shot mm -hmm. of a fire hydrant in the, the foreground. Very urban-looking. Robbie is thinking, Just my luck. It doesn't always work right away. I'll have to wait a while. Hey, that clipping. It must have dropped from that crook's pockets. Well, that's handy. Top of page 8, we see a nice close-up of Robbie's hand as it's lifted up the, the newspaper clipping. And we can see that as a headline it says, Million Dollar Stamp Collection. Now, Million Dollar Stamp Collection is the name of a band who supported menswear at, I think it was, Manchester Uni in 1994. That's a nice coincidence. The newspaper article continues. Aston Wicker, retired financier of Riverton, recently purchased a rare stamp at auction for $65,000, bringing the total worth of his collection to $1 million. Robbie reads this and thinks, Aha! Riverton, that's not too far away. Rainbow Raider is probably going to strike there next. I'll grab the bus. Maybe I can be there in time. The caption then for the next panel says, On the bus, Robbie puzzles over the strange series of colour crimes. Robbie's in transit and he's thinking in a very moody panel. Red, orange, then yellow. His body apparently keeps changing colours following the rainbow pattern. I bet next time... He'll be green. Now the bus has stopped. At his destination. And Robbie has got off the bus and he's walking down an alleyway thinking, My H-style should work now. I wonder who I'll become. And then the caption for the next panel says, Moments later. And we see that Robbie has transformed into Muscle Man, who we've already met on the cover and in the opening splash panel. And Muscle Man is thinking, I'm Muscle Man and... Sokamajee! When I exert myself, I can project my muscle energy at an object <laughs> without even touching it, <laughs> like that trash can. Yes, and we see a little burst of muscle energy striking the aforementioned trash can and knocking it over. I hope Muscle Man picks all the rubbish up and is a good citizen. Anyway, the caption for the next panel in the story says, But unable to fly, Muscle Man rushes through town to the rich stamp collector's mansion. Only in time to see. And as we arrive at the mansion, indeed, as Robbie guessed, the Rainbow Raider has turned green, and he still has his hand on his hips. Him and his two goons are leaving the mansion, and the Rainbow Raider is saying, Another million buck haul! Ha <laughs> ha! And Muscle Man thinks, 
They already nabbed the stamp collection, and the Rainbow Raider is now green, just as I figured. But how did they get past the private guards that Wicker hired? Well, we'd find out in the next panel, because we see Muscle Man looking through the window of the mansion, and he sees a... well, he'll tell us what he sees. He thinks... Great stars! Did his new green power paralyze those guards? They're standing like statues, unable to move. I'd better tackle Mr. Green so fast he can't immobilize me. Over the page then to page nine of the story, and Muscle Man goes for it straight away, sending a burst of energy, flying towards the Rainbow Raider who goes falling backwards. Muscle Man says, Your green hue should stand out nicely against grey prison walls. And as he falls backwards, the Rainbow Raider says, Yuck! Another superhero on my trail! In the next panel, Muscle Man takes out the two goons, saying, Come and get it, boys. There, that's close enough for my one-two. Yep, blue suit guy gets taken out, saying, Help the boss! And brown suit hat guy goes, Whoa! Basically, we can see on the ground, at the bottom of this panel, Rainbow Raider's booties, where he's lying recumbent on the ground. The caption then for the next panel says, But the Rainbow Raider recovers, and... Ah, we're basically, we're at the cover at this point in the story now, aren't we? Yeah. Rainbow Raider is zapping Muscle Man with looks like a sort of red beam of energy, and he's saying as he does so, Fool, I'll stop you dead with my slow motion ray. Muscle Man says, Huh, I, I can't move. An arrow takes us to the next panel, as the two goons have lifted up Muscle Man, and Rainbow Raider says, Boys, carry him into that greenhouse. I want to make a special lesson out of him, so no more super glory hogs will try interfering with the Rainbow Raider. The caption name for the next panel. In the greenhouse, the green man sets a deadly trap for Muscle Man. Yes, we can see some potted plants and we can see the... It's a different, actually, labelled bottle of poison um, on the table. It says, poison, warning, fatal fumes have left open. Muscle Man is frozen in slow motion. Rainbow Raider standing behind him says, Those fumes will act slowly but faster than you can move, you see... My green ray slows down all human action to the dragging rate of plant growth. The effect lasts for one hour, long enough to cook your goose. Top of page 10 now, and we see Rainbow Raider, looking actually like Jason from Take That, circa 1992, standing in the doorway of the, the, the greenhouse. We can see the poisonous fumes drifting in front of the nose of Muscle Man, and Rainbow Raider says, Before you can move to the door and escape, the deadly fumes will snuff out your life. By that time... I'll be just about ready to wind up my colour crimes with the Golden Idol at the Midborough Museum. Nothing can stop me. Ha <laughs> ha! Caption for the next panel. Though Muscle Man strains every mighty sinew. Nice overhead shot of Muscle Man. And he's thinking, I, I can't break out of this slow motion paralysis. I've been straining for ten minutes to reach my dial, but only move my hand a fraction of an inch. I'll never make it in time. The caption for the next panel says, As precious moments tick by steadily. And we get a close-up of Muscle Man's hand as he's trying to move it, trying to flex, and he's thinking, Only one hope. Got to concentrate all my muscle ray power into my left fist. But even doing that takes long, dragging minutes. Gosh. The next panel, it's a close-up of Muscle Man looking very panicked. The poisonous fumes in front of his face, his eyes are wide, and he's thinking, Will I 
make it before the fumes get me. Getting dizzy from the poison vapour. I'll succumb before long. Oh my goodness, this is horrible. It's shades of what happened to Giant Boy. It's terrifying. Yes. Then the caption for the next panel says, Suddenly! You can see that Muscle Man has managed to summon a burst of his muscle energy, one of his balls of muscle energy, has gone flying and broken through the glass of the greenhouse, Muscle Man thinks. Phew! I beat death by a gnat's eyelash. That concentrated energy ball smashed the window and let in a draft of fresh air, blowing the fumes away from me. But all my muscle energy seems to have been expended. There's a caption for the next panel, and it says, More time goes by until the hour is up, before Muscle Man breaks out of his slow-motion spell. Yes, so we get a nice, nice frame shot of Muscle Man through the greenhouse here, and he's thinking, the Rainbow Raider must have had time to pull blue and indigo crimes while I was trapped. He should be almost ready for his violet coup, nabbing the golden idol. I'll have to change back to Robbie, fast. Over the page then to page 11, we pass an advert for an 80-page giant issue of Superman, and we're back with Robbie operating the H-dial. And Robbie's thinking, Maybe this time my crazy H-dial will work right away and I can become another superhero. So Robbie dials H for hero, and then there's a burst of red energy in the next panel, and he stands revealed, thinking, Huh, I turned into an old hero, Radar Sonar Man. But gosh, I'm blind this way. How will I ever find my way to Valleyville and the Golden Idol? Now, I think I'm right in saying Radar Sonar Man was in House of Mystery issue 157. Yes. So this is, I'm told, a rare occasion of Robbie returning to a hero that he's already been. Absolutely, yes. Uh-huh. It's interesting. When we did the Giant Boy story, he'd already been Giant Boy. Uh-huh. That's the first time that happened. What an coincidence that we're doing the other house of, another House of Mystery story where this happens. Maybe one day when Pete and I finish charting the multiverse, we will do our Dial H for Hero podcast and we'll talk about such things. Anyway, the next panel shows Radar Sonar Man, who we should probably describe, actually. Peter, do you want to describe Radar Sonar Man? <laughs> yes. He's wearing green coveralls with kind of like an orange technical belt. Mm. He's got a yellow logo in the middle, which has got an RS symbol on it. Mm. He's got green skin, and the top half of his head is bald, but it's actually, it's almost like a hammerhead shark with two antennae coming out of it. He has no eyes. No eyes. He's quite scary looking. I mean, I like the the chest logo design. I mean, obviously, the stylized Mm. RS, it's obvious that a lot of Robbie's heroes have these stylized logos with their initials. I really, really like it. It's really smart. I wish there was a full range of action figures. Anyway, the next panel, Radar Sonar Man is taken to the air, and he's thinking, Wait, I almost forgot about my radar vision. Ah, that wind vane shows the compass points. I can get my bearings now and fly to Valleyville. And the rest of the panel, we can see that it looks like he's flying over the greenhouse, which has a weather vane on top pointing out north, south, east and west. And there's a little dotted line emanating from one of his antenna and striking the weather vane and then dotting up again. And it's like he's conjuring in his mind an image of the weather vane and the way that it's pointing. So it's a very interesting way of visualising how his powers work. So the story continues. The caption then for the next panel says... On the way, tuning in a shortwave radio newscast. Yep, and his right antenna at this point is receiving this radio cast, and the radio voice is saying, The Rainbow Raider in blue and indigo colours pulled two more sensational crimes, escaping the police dragnet. And Radar Sooner Man thinks, 
just as I figured, and going by the time schedule of his previous crimes, he has just turned to Violet for his last crime. I still have time to nab him. And so, a change of location, and the caption for this panel says, Radar Sonarman is right, for at that moment in Valleyville, a helicopter cruises over the museum, and... Yes, as the helicopter cruises, we can see a nice, lovely shade of violet Rainbow Raider hanging from a rope, which is hanging down from the helicopter, and as he swings in the rope, Rainbow Raider's thinking, I hired that helicopter at the airport and set it on automatic pilot, while I climbed down to the museum, reputed to be burglar-proof. It's a very helpful bit of thought dialogue there to tell us what he's up to. So over the page then to page 12 and we see the violet shaded Rainbow Raider gesturing at the door to the museum. And he's thinking, burglar proof, not when my violet shrink ray can reduce that steel door to toy size. Yes, and as the door shrinks, he's made it inside the museum. The caption for the next panel says, and below, and there are a couple of museum guards and he's starting to shrink them down. The first one says, stop. Or we'll shoot, yikes! And the second one says, What's happening to us? And as Rainbow Raider gestures at them, he says, I shrank your bodies down to doll size. Ha <laughs> ha! Your guns can't harm me now. And you'll stay that way for an hour. Hey, our man should have formed This one hour time limitation on Rainbow Raider's powers is fascinating. So he obviously, we're going to write a story when he comes back and fights Rex Tyler. So we move to the next panel. And there's a big sign. Pete, what does that big sign say? Golden Idol of Yank Yem Watt. Weight £4,000. <laughs> Thank you for that. Awesome. And again, Rainbow Raider is gesturing with his shrinking powers at this Golden Idol, which is obviously starting to shrink. And he's thinking, no thief could possibly lug that huge heavy idol away except me. After I shrink it down to the size of a statuette that I can easily carry away. <laughs> it will return to its normal size later. In my hideout. And the Rainbow Raider now has the golden idol of Ankyem Wat in his hand. The next panel shows him leaving the museum and zapping another hapless museum guard. Clang, clang, alarms going off. The Rainbow Raider thinks, the alarm went off. I'll shrink this guard down, but there'll be other guards all around who could shoot before I get within range with my violet ray. It's a good thing that in a few seconds I'll have a foolproof way of escaping them all. We move to the top of page 13. At this crucial moment, Radar Sonarman arrives. And we can see Radar Sonarman's left antenna visualising that Rainbow Raider is zapping the, the museum guard. Radar Sonarman is thinking, I wondered how the Rainbow Raider expected to lug away a two-ton idol, but I see he shrank it, and that guard too. But how did he expect to get past all the other alerted guards? I'm not taking chances. I'll stop him by using an ultrasonar wave with the power to snap those guy wires, letting that flagpole fall right in front of Rainbow Raider. Now, while he's groggy, I'll nab him. Yes, an awful lot of simultaneous action over these panels. We should probably should have said that in the background of the one where he emerged from the museum, there was a, a large flagpole. So the guy wires have snapped, the flagpole has fallen forward, and with a thock, it's collided with the ground, and Rainbow Raider who's this lovely shade of violet with his little white boots and his immaculate hair that makes him look like Gerard Harper as Adam Adamant, falls over flagpole, still has the, the idol in his hand. Caption then for the next panel. But incredibly, the next moment... Radar Sonarman has made a grab for Rainbow Raider, but he's disappeared. Radar Sonarman thinks... The end of the trail for you, Rainbow Raider, huh? I don't believe what my eyes... Uh, I, I mean my radar vision shows. He should be right here. But he's gone. 
gosh. We get a nice close-up of the unearthly radar sonar man in the next panel as he thinks, Of course! After violet in the scale of visible colours come the ultraviolet radiations, often called dark light because it's invisible. And we see that radar sonar man is visualising the spectrum and we can see the indicators of the other lights outside the, the normal visible colour scheme or colour spectrum or whatever you want to call it over the page to page 14 and we can see that yes indeed the rainbow raider is now invisible we see him running past a couple more museum guards through a gate and he's thinking this was my ace in the hole all along invisibility the gate guards don't know ultraviolet man slipping past them with the loot <laughs> then the caption for the next panel but unexpectedly the invisible rainbow raider has gone flat on his face because he's been zapped by radar sonar man flying in from above who's thinking Radar waves bounce from all solid objects, whether visible or not. Ah, there's the rainbow thief. My sonar knockout ray will put him on ice. Until I can tie him up with this broken guy wire and turn him over to the guards. Terrific, yes, we can see that radar sonar man is carrying the wire in his hands. And the next panel then on page 14 sees him securing the wrists of rainbow radar. And the next panel, radar sonar man was gesturing at the invisible rainbow raider and saying to some policeman, Here's the rainbow raider, gift wrapped. And one of the policemen says, Huh? What rainbow raider? Listen, is this a gag? That wire ain't tied round anything. <laughs> the caption for the next panel. But shortly, as the brief ultraviolet state ends. Yes, there's some terrific say-what-you-see dialogue in this panel. We see that the, the golden idol of Ankiem Wat suddenly returns to full size and... The Rainbow Raider is suddenly visible. One of the policemen says, Holy smoke! Look! A man suddenly became visible, and there's the stolen idol! And the triumphant Radar Sonar Man says, Right. Now some of you follow me. He was heading up the street to his getaway car. We arrive at the top of page 15. And minutes later... And we see that one policeman has got the two goons of the Rainbow Raider at gunpoint, and he's saying, Rainbow Raider's henchmen! We got them too, waiting here. And the other policeman has opened up the boot of Rainbow Raider's car, and he says, And here's all their other loot. And in the foreground of the panel, it must be said, a delighted-looking radar sonar man accepts Larmor because he does look really happy. There's no eyes or expression. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> he's flying off, and he's thinking, My cue to fly back home and become Robbie Reed again. The caption then for the next panel. Back in Littleville... Yep, and there's a voice coming from Robbie's radio, and it says, The daring series of rainbow crimes came to an abrupt halt at the hands of Radar Sonar Man. Robbie, with his H-dial in hand, thinks, Not to mention assists by Balloon Boy and Muscle Man. And Robbie, looking out the window, notices a change in the weather, and he thinks, Hey, it's raining. And then the caption for the final panel says, Later, when the rain stops. And Robbie has stepped outside to see... A rainbow. It always means the storm is over. A fitting end to the crime storm of the Rainbow Raider. The, the end. end. Fantastic. There that was are. great fun. I want to make a wee observation here. Yes, please do. Muscle Man really reminded me a lot of Flex Mentalo. Right. He's got the physique, he's got the confidence, but also he's got the kind of like telekinetic ability. Sure. As it were to, you know, the hero of the beach, hero halo power to project 
his own physicality. Interesting. It really reminds me a lot of Flex Mentalo. I thought it was, obviously, you know, it's a long time before Flex Mentalo turns up. Tell the listeners who Flex Mentalo is in case they don't know. Flex Mentalo is a character who turns up in the Doom Patrol. Mm. He's actually in the Doom Patrol TV series, I believe, as well. I haven't got that far in it. He is basically a guy who sent away for a Charles Atlas-esque course and mm. went through the course and developed superpowers including the hero Halo, which yeah. he gets most of his powers from when he strikes a certain pose. The words hero of the beach are emblazoned above him. Really? And he can do amazing things. Like one time he turned the Pentagon into a circle. Oh my goodness. Just with the power of his hero Halo. Yeah, fantastic. I love Flex. Looks a bit like Namor. Yeah. Except he's got leopard skin trunks. Uh, he's got that sort of look to him. Very confident muscle man. But yeah, he turned up in Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Uh, I think uh, it was Richard Case first room. I've got the, the Flex Mentalo miniseries. I can't remember who gave me it. I think it may have been actually Gary, your, your colleague at, at work, actually gave me it a long time ago. I've never read it. That's terrible. This has prompted me to at least think about doing so. <gasps> it's excellent. The little observation I want to make was I thought Radar Sonarman initially there, he looked like something off the Outer Limits. You know that particular way that uh, the Outer Limits bad guys all have that sort of... Yes, you know, uh-huh. Really mm. real sort of look. Yeah. Yeah. Alien cranium and antenna. Yeah. You know, I can imagine him being played by, you know, David McCallum or Roddy McDowell or some actor of the time. Yeah. Um definitely Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Definitely. I thought he was I think that was a great little story. I mean, the Rainbow Raider himself was as mm-hmm. camp as a fortnight in Butlins. He was hilarious. And it was some interesting heroes. Again, as we said, like another hero who had echoes of a member of the Legion of Superheroes and You've just sort of discussed Muscle Man, yeah, a lot of fun. Do you not feel a bit cheated that we didn't get to see all of Rainbow Raider's powers? Yes. Because we kind of jump from green uh, straight to violet. <laughs> yes. So what what did Blue and Indigo do? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously very economic. If they'd had the full comic, they might have been able uh-huh. to have a couple more story pages yeah. and show those going on. But you're right. I mean, there's not even a hint to tell us what the crimes actually were. We just get told that he's done them. Yeah, that's that's that was terrible. Yeah. And does he still have these powers? Is that something, you know, that he still has in his body? Is Or is that something that wore off? Was it a one-time shot of receiving these powers and it only worked briefly for each individual colour? Who knows? Who knows? Alas, we don't see this character again. I would love to see more of Dr Quinn, not Medicine Woman. That would be great. It's possible that maybe um the Rainbow Raider had a change of heart and decided to go into medicine instead of, of nasty science. It's possible. It could have happened. A change of heart, mm. a change of sex, and a travel back in time. <laughs> yeah, who can say? Who can say? <laughs> I love the energy of House of Mystery, Robbie Reed stories. You know what I mean? They just, they crack on. You get a lot of bang yeah. for your buck with the new superheroes and stuff. That was that was a lot of fun. That was great. It's very reminiscent of the Incredible Hulk TV series, and that you know, there's only a couple of transformations mm. and they have to happen every episode. Yes. Except with Robbie, it's, it's three transformations he has yes. to do. It's 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 very formulaic, but so much fun because you know. It's happening. The fun is in the journey. Aye, it's, it's the anticipation, isn't it? It's like, right, what's Robbie going to yeah. turn into? Because I think the first couple of House of Mystery covers, they show you all of the heroes that he's going to turn into in the cover, but they stop doing that after a while and just yeah. show maybe one, one of yeah, them. So, that, you know, that's a good bit of anticipation sort of creation sort of thing. It's funny you mentioned Hulk. Was when, I, mm-hmm. when I couldn't sleep last night because I was in absolute agony because of my, my recent knee injury, I found myself going through YouTube watching clips from The Incredible Hulk Returns. One very helpful person has put all the, the Hulk out sequences of them all together. So that was a lot of fun. Super. So we jump forward now to issue 170 of House of Mystery for the letters page. Dial L for letters. Fantastic is the is the letters page. There's only really one letter that's relevant to the story we've just covered. And it goes a little something like this. Dear Editor, 
House of Mystery number 167 didn't do much for me because I thought Balloon Boy and Muscle Man were stupid. <laughs> the criminal was good. So was the return of Radar Sonar Man. The Manhunter story was just the same as always. By the way, when is Manhunter going to catch Faceless? And that letter was from Jerry Sexton from St. Clair, Michigan. That's obviously a reference to the Martian Manhunter, John Jones. Interestingly, just say Manhunter rather than Martian Manhunter. Yes. We have a plan for John Jones. I can't remember if I've mentioned this already. We do have a plan to talk about him. Yeah, there will be some John winging your way at some point. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the editorial response to that one, very brief, it says, which just goes to show... You can't please everybody. So there we go. <laughs> Short and to the point. That was well worth the effort of digging out that comic just to read that letter. Yeah. The next letter is actually a more general letter, but it's quite an interesting one. And it goes something like this. Dear Editor, explanation for Robbie's H-dial. When he dials H-E-R-O, it draws a hero from another planet, time or dimension, and transports the body and powers to Robbie's mind, while Robbie's body is transported to the hero's mind. Wow. <laughs> That's from Kenny Scott of Chattanooga. Wow. Amazing. And the response to that one? Sounds possible. We'll ponder it, says the editor. And that is very similar to what actually happens in Dialect Radio in the far future. It's worth putting that one out. It's very intriguing. Interesting. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm now going to spend all of my time convincing Peter that we should do another podcast as well as this one, but... Peter will probably explode from the stress if we do that. So yes, yeah. listeners, in the far future, when we've reached the tail end of Crisis and Infinite Earths, we may do another podcast about Dialects for Hero. Let us know if that's something you would listen to. So that about wraps it up for Robbie Reed. We will see him again. Don't worry, a long way off, but he will be back. The second story we're doing is our very first in-episode flashback. Yeah, so imagine a sort of sort of thing going on. As Peter and I now climb into the Transmatic Cube and jump all the way back to 1960 and issue 84 of Superboy. Now, before we start on the story, I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. Rainbows were kind of the rage round about then. You know, there was some other stuff going on, making use of rainbow imagery. If we go all the way back, actually, to 1951 and issue 16 of Superboy, there is a story called The Strange Costumes of Superboy, where young Clark wears a number of different outfits because of the situation. And he wears a rainbow-coloured version of his normal costume, which is sort of designed to mislead a witch doctor. I don't know if you still get witch doctors nowadays, but, you know, you certainly obviously did 70 years ago. Jumping back now to, or forward, I should say, to 1957, and very famous cover of Detective Comics number 241 that went on sale in January 57, a story called The Rainbow Batman. Do you know that one, Pete? you familiar with that cover? Yay! Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, The Rainbow Batman. Basically, Robin's injured himself, so Batman just basically wears different coloured costumes to distract the baddies from the fact that Robin is injured. There you go. Then about a year later, at the start of 1958, in issue 246 of Adventure Comics, Green Arrow and Speedy meet someone who calls himself the Rainbow Archer. He's an artist who's been leading a counterfeiting gang, and he kind of goes a bit wrong, becomes the Rainbow Archer, using arrows of all different colours, and obviously Ollie and Roy manage to stop him. In issue 25 of My Greatest Adventure, which is the series that Doom Patrol eventually turned up in, and we have a plan for the Doom Patrol, we haven't forgotten that Robot Man of the Doom Patrol is a legacy character. Don't worry, we have a plan. Yes. Issue 25 of My Greatest Adventure, which went on sale in September 1958. The cover story is called I Was a Prisoner of the Rainbow People. I don't know too much more about it beyond that, unfortunately. The next story we're going to mention is from roughly a year later, 
comic to went on sale October 1958. Our old friends, the Blackhawks. Yay. Issue 131 Yay. of Blackhawk. They all have to wear different coloured versions of the Blackhawk uniform. Excellent. To deal with a bad guy, right, who is the most MF Enterprises sounding bad guy ever. This guy called Mr. Beam. <laughs> awesome. Yes, you know, obviously the, the MF Enterprises version of Mr. Beam would wear sort of black shoes, kind of pale grey trousers and a, a bright blue jumper with a sort of V-neck. It's like a red collarless shirt underneath, you know. Mr. Beam has a gun that can affect different colours, so they try and second guess him by wearing different colours. And almost up to date, um, in fact only a month or so before this issue of Superboy that we're about to cover, Batman issue 134, a story called The Rainbow Creature, is on the cover. And basically it's a big beastie that emerges from a volcano to cause all sorts of bother for the dynamic duo. So that brings us up to Superboy issue 84, which was published on the 11th of August 1960, with a cover date of October 1960. And this gives us our second Rainbow Raider of the episode. Pete, say, would you like to tell everyone about the cover? Yes, it's got the Superboy logo at the top, another grey background, which I think they must have, basically, to show off the rainbow colours. That's a fair assertion. And there is an armoured car in the middle of the panel, and you've got Superboy standing with the door open at the back of the armoured car, and he's throwing money mm. into a sack, being held by a figure in red with a kind of red bucket on his head. Yes. And on top of that, there is a prism jewel mm. that is firing out rainbow energy. And the headline says, featuring the Rainbow Raider. I love how the armoured car is labelled. Armoured car, just so that we know what it is. Yes. I think it's actually Acme armoured car, it might be. Because <laughs> that was an ME. Yeah, it could be. Like... I wonder if Acme supplied the sack that the Rainbow Raider's holding. May have done. As Superboy is throwing this money into the Rainbow Raider's sack, Superboy is saying, I can't help myself. Must do as this alien orders me. Rainbow Raider looking very looking very smug inside his bucket, probably, yes. as his money fills up his sack, says, Nice work, Superboy, using your super speed to help me empty this armoured truck. And a couple of onlookers look appalled, at least they do from the back of their heads, and one of them says, Look, no one, not even Superboy, can resist the mysterious powers of the Rainbow Raider. Superb. And there's another caption on the cover which says Extra Superboy Meets William Tell, which must have been reprinted about 20 times. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've read that at some point. That rings a bell. Yeah. The story that we're doing is the second of three stories in this issue. The page before the story starts is a full-page advertisement, DC House ad for issue one of Justice League of America. So that gives you a bit of context of what was going on in the, the DCU at this point. So, Superboy, The Adventures of Superman When He Was a Boy. So, we have a little establishing story panel that's very similar to the cover, gives us the setup. To the left of this, we have our introductory caption. Breaking the law is a risky, dangerous business that leads inevitably to disaster. But apparently the usual rules don't apply to the most fantastic rogue of crime the world has ever known. A breezy, slippery fellow who plunders as he pleases and, at least temporarily, receives no opposition from his victims, the police, and even Superboy. Astounding! Even more surprises than you suspect await you in the incredible tale of... The the Rainbow Rainbow Raider. Terrific. So, this opening panel shows Superboy 
bearing the Rainbow Raider aloft. And we'll get a bit, better look at his costume here. He has white boots. It must be said he's not the trimmest looking of, of men. Looks like he's got a bit of a belly on him. True. He's white boots, white gloves. It's a sort of pinkish, reddish outfit. As Pete said, there's the bucket with um, the prism jewel on top. Superboy's bearing off the Rainbow Raider, who's a big suitcase full of money, being watched by two policemen. And the first policeman is saying, Look, Superboy is helping the Rainbow Raider escape. And the second policeman says, They say no one can oppose that crook. It's uncanny. Into the story properly, the caption for the first panel says, on what appears to be an average, ordinary day in Smallville. We're inside what appears to be Smallville's jewellery shop. We can see some painters and decorators in the background. There's a gentleman in the shop in a blue suit, and another gentleman in another suit is kind of purpley brown. And the guy in the blue suit is yawning, and he's saying, <sighs> Things are pretty slow this morning. Only the painters are here. And his colleague says, Ah, here comes a customer. Yes, clapping his hands with glee. The caption for the next panel says, Suddenly, things are no longer ordinary. Yes, for the now aforementioned Rainbow Raider, with his, his man boobs in his belly and his prismatic jeweled bucket hat, has burst open the door of the jewellers. And Baldy Jeweller says, Good grief! You look like an invader from outer space. What do you want? Rainbow Raider replies, Oodles of jewels! And I have no intention of paying for them. Give them to me cheerfully, with a smile. Caption for the next panel. And, astoundingly enough, that's just what the man does. The baldy jeweller says, Why, certainly. Feel free to come in here and help yourselves to our valuables any time. You are... I am the Rainbow Raider. While well, this exchange is going on, the blue-suited yawning jeweller is tipping all the jewels into the open bag that Rainbow Raider has. One of the painters and decorators in the background is standing watching. He looks bewitched. Rainbow Raider continues, Good day, gentlemen, and obviously makes his leave. For the caption for the next panel says, Shortly after the bizarre bandit departs. And the baldy jeweler has his hand to his head. He looks terrified and he says, Ah, what came over us? We treated that crook as courteously as though he were the king of Siam. Call the police! And in the backgrounds, we can see the, the blue-suited, yawning jeweller looking similarly disturbed. And behind them is the heavily mustachioed painter and decorator who says, They'll never believe it. Even I don't believe it. And I saw it. To caption them for the next panel. Presently, as Sergeant Clancy of the 3rd Precinct arrives. Yep, Sergeant Clancy with another cop behind him. Sergeant Clancy is in discussion with the two jewellers and he says, So you just up and gave this unarmed bandit the jewels gladly, eh? Are you sick or something? And Painter says, He's telling the truth, Sergeant. It must have been that crazy rainbow ray device in his helmet that did it. Caption then for the next panel. An hour later at the Metropolis Trust Bank. We see a man in a green suit opening the door for the bank and we can see the rainbow raider with his prismic jeweled helmet casting out rainbow beams like it was doing earlier on. He's holding a bag and the man standing in the open doorway says, as President, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for relieving this bank of its funds, Mr. Rainbow Raider. The Rainbow Raider replies, The pleasure is mutual, I assure you. Ah, here comes the law. And we can see some policemen outside getting out of their car. The caption for the next panel says, At last, Sergeant Clancy encounters the colourful thief. Sergeant Clancy and a couple of his colleagues have pulled guns on the Rainbow Raider, who's now standing in the pavement outside the bank, casting rainbow light everywhere. Sergeant Clancy says, Ha! Got you covered! 
Your science fiction tricks won't work on me and these officers, buddy. Think so? We shall see. We shall see, says the Rainbow Raider. Caption for the next panel. One instant later. Now some very helpful see-what-you-see dialogue here as the Rainbow Raider says, Thank you so much for carrying the loot for me to my getaway car, friends. And one of the policemen, who's probably Sergeant Clancy, says, Think nothing of it, pal. We city employees enjoy being helpful. Yes, and it certainly looks as though the two policemen are being caught in the beams that are radiating out from the Rainbow Raider's bucket helmet. That's probably how he mesmerised the people in the bank as well. Anyway, over the page then, to the top of page three, and the caption for the first panel says, Before long, headlines scream the astounding news. And we get the front page of Smallville News, and a big headline that says, Crime is a breeze for Rainbow Raider, as victims and law gladly cooperate. Hmm. Caption for the next panel says, At the Kent home that night during dinner. And we see Man Pa and Clark all sat around the table. It looks very tasty, whatever it is they're having. Ma Kent says, Clark, everyone seems utterly helpless against the Rainbow Raider. I was thinking, Clark says, So was I. My superpowers ought to be able to resist whatever this amazing crook has got. I'll look for him when my secret identity as Superboy. Caption for the next panel then says, Next day as Superboy patrols Smallville. And we see Superboy flying down. He's passing Smallville Stadium and he can see the Rainbow Raider at the entry kiosk casting his influence over the man in the kiosk. As Superboy flies down, he thinks, It's the Rainbow Raider. He's robbing the box office at that football game. The cashier isn't resisting. A little arrow takes us to the next panel. Sighting the Boy of Steel, the Rainbow Raider flees. Yes, the Rainbow Raider runs into the stadium and he runs out onto the pitch where a football game is taking place. One of the players sees him and says, Hey, it's that strange crook we've been reading about in the newspapers. Let's tackle him. Superboy can be seen flying down in the background of this panel. And obviously as he sees him, the Rainbow Raider says, Superboy, take me away from these muscle-bound oafs. I could make them act friendly, but they might injure me with their clumsy enthusiasm. Obediently, Superboy obliges. And Superboy flies down, grabs Rainbow Raider by the waist, and lifts off. And we can see money falling out of the bag that the Rainbow Raider is carrying. As he does this, Superboy says, Delighted to be of assistance, sir. And one of the football players says, Oh no, Superboy is helping that crook escape. And the coach runs onto the field and says, if Superboy can't resist that incredible crook, no one can. Top of page four now. Seconds later. Yep, and Rainbow Raider is making a getaway in his car, obviously after Superboy has dropped him off. Rainbow Raider is waving from the car as it speeds off, and he's crying, Thank you for flying me to my getaway car, Superboy. You're a dandy lad. Goodbye. And Superboy is waving, and he says, So long. It was nice to make your acquaintance, sir. And a man on the street says, Wow, even Superboy can't stop the Rainbow Raider. The caption then for the next panel says, Shortly, a Smallville radio station reports the news. Yes, we see a very smartly dressed radio announcer, and there's a blonde girl behind clutching her hands, and there's a man who looks like he sat at piano. The news reporter guy is holding a piece of paper, and he's saying into a microphone, We interrupt this program with a special news flash. The Rainbow Raider has struck again, and this time... He got Superboy to help him escape. <gasps> a slow dissolve. Caption for the next panel. Meanwhile, at the secret hideout of the Vic Monster mob, 
So we're inside this gangster's hideout. There's a guy in a big loud checked suit. There's another guy with a holster, no jacket on. There's another guy sat down in a big chair. They've obviously been listening to the radio. And the guy with the holster is leaning forward and he's saying, Whatever gimmick that Braidmore Rider has got, it's terrific. Imagine swiping anything you want without opposition and have Superboy and the cops help you yet. And Vic Munster says, Shut up. I'm thinking. And then in a close-up he continues, If this Rainbow Raider is a robot or some alien from outer space, then we'd better keep our mitts off him, right? But if he's human, like us, maybe we can cook up a deal. Hmm. I've got an idea. We'll stage a gem jamboree as bait to lure him so we can find out what makes him tick. Fantastic. So, we have another change of scenery, and a caption that says, Later, at a press conference at police headquarters. And we see the chief of police sat at his desk with Superboy standing behind him with his arms folded. There are three reporters that we can see, all wearing hats. One of them is glasses and the notepad, and he's in front of the chief and he's saying, What mysterious power has this fantastic crook got that enables him to get away with what he does, chief? And the chief answers, I'd give my right arm to know the answer to that, boys. Our guess is that the strange spinning globe on his helmet sends out rays that make resistance impossible. Either that, or the Rainbow Raider is the greatest hypnotist of all time. Wow. Top of page five now, another reporter is talking to Superboy. Superboy, it must be a terrible blow to you to realize that you helped that bandit escape capture. Boy of Steel says, It certainly is. All my life I've been on the side of the law, fighting crime. I feel sick about the whole thing. He continues in the next panel with his, his hand up to his head. What baffles me is how he did it. Also, if he controlled my mind once, he can do it again. I shudder to think of what could happen to the world if he made me become his unwitting puppets. So do I, Clark. So do I. So, another change of scenery. Next day, at the grand opening of the Smallville Gem Jamboree, staged by Vic Munster and his mob... The Rainbow Raider is making his entrance and he's welcomed by a few men in suits. The Rainbow Raider with the, still in his full gear with the, the rainbow energy bursting out from the top of his helmet. And as he walks in, he gestures and says, Greetings. How considerate of you gentlemen to gather all these precious gems together for me so I can take them with your blessings. And one of the guys in suits says, Come on in. The caption then for the next panel says, as the weird rogue walks past a large opaque plate, the lights momentarily go out, and at that instant, behind the plate... Yes, this has probably needed another couple of panels to make this clear, but we're behind the plate, we're with the aforementioned Vic Munster, and his very Julie Schwartz-looking baldy doctor in his, in his smock, yes. and it looks like they've basically just taken a giant full-length x-ray of the Rainbow Raider. Vic Munster says, Well, Doc, and the doctor says... He is not a robot, nor is he an alien creature. He is a human skeleton like any other Earthman. See for yourself. And he gestures, and we can see, yes, that it's, it looks like a skeleton with a bucket on its head. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the caption then for the next panel says, On flash the lights again, and into view steps the gang leader. Yes, the lights have come on, and Vic Munster is stepping through a door. We can see the Rainbow Raider, the lights still emanating from his helmet and his Vic enters the room, he says, Boys, lock the door. The Rainbow Raider and me are going to have a little chat. Right, boss! 
says one of his goons as he locks the door. Vic confronts the Rainbow Raider and he says, Before you pull any hocus-pocus, Mr. Rainbow, listen. I'm Vic Munster. Me and the boys staged this gem exhibit so you'd come here and we could sort of get acquainted. Catch? And a very intrigued Rainbow Raider says, Go on. Top of page six, Vic continues. We're in the same racket, you and us. Only we gotta worry about little details like Superboy and the cops. And you don't, right? Right. You need an organization like us behind you. We got connections with big fences. Join up with us, and there ain't nothing we can't do together. What do you say? There's a flaw in your rosy little scheme. I don't need you. But we need to know how you pulled those stunts of yours. Don't be selfish. Tell us. No, thank you. And as the Rainbow Raider says this, one of Vic's goons rushes him from behind, thinking, Now! The caption for the next panel. As one of Munster's thugs attacks unexpectedly from behind. And the goon has grabbed the Rainbow Raider's prism crystal, still rating it his beams, and he says, I got it, boss. I tore that rainbow ray globe off his helmet. Now he can't force us to obey his commands. They all look very happy. Vic Munster says, We outsmarted you, wise guy. Now, you'll tell us how you worked your gimmick, or else. The next panel, a couple of the goons have restrained the rainbow raider. They're holding him from behind by the arms. Vic Munster is reaching forward towards the bucket helmet, and he says, But first, I'll take off that helmet mask and get a look at your face. You won't do it. A fraction of a second later. That's why. And Superboy has burst in through the door. Vic Munster exclaims, Yo, make Superboy the office, Rainbow, and you can have anything. You can have half of the exhibit gems. They're hot jewels stolen by our mob. Not interested. Superboy and I have worked together to trap you from the very first. One of the goons has dropped the rainbow prism. We can see it now lying on the ground, radiating away. Superboy wishes around the goons as Vic Monster fires on the rainbow raider, saying, You rat! I'll fix you! Caption for the next panel. But as the gangster fires at the rainbow raider, Superboy whisks the streaking bullet into his mouth with mighty intakes of super breath. Yeah, there's bam, bam, bam as Vic Monster fires on the rainbow raider. And we see Superboy flying with his mouth open, sucking in the bullets. And as he does this, he thinks, Yum, yum. These are better than gumdrops. <laughs> Goodied gumdrops. Amazing. The caption then for the next panel. Then he uppercuts the entire gang with one great flying blow. Clark swoops around, takes out the three bad guys, Vic Monster and his two goons. And as he does this, Superboy says, Got them all. I pulled my punch or they'd never get up. In the background, Rainbow Raider with his hands in his hips says, Well done. And then the caption for the next panel. Moments later. This is an amazing panel of Superboy carrying Vic Monster under his right arm. And he's got another half a dozen or so other baddies. He's lifting them up in the air with his left hand. Because Sergeant Clancy has arrived with his police truck to take them away. As Superboy walks out carrying the baddies, Rainbow Raider behind him, Superboy says, Here they are, Sergeant Clancy, the entire gang you find their stolen jewels inside the exhibition suites. And a delighted Sergeant Clancy says, Ha ha, your idea paid off, Superboy. 
the fake robbery victims and the police happily cooperated with your phony Rainbow Raider. So we've arrived at the bottom of page 7 now and uh, the baddies are secure inside the police truck. Uh, Sergeant Clancy continues. Knowing that Vic Munster and his mob probably wouldn't be able to resist trying to get his secret away from him, your hunch that they'd use their stolen gems as bait proved right. Of course, we all only pretended we were unable to stop you so that the whole town would think you were irresistible. You can take off that silly mask now, whoever you are. And he reaches towards the Rainbow Raider, but Superboy stops him and says, Don't touch that mask! Top of page 8 now, Superboy flies off, bearing the Rainbow Raider with him, and he says to Sergeant Clancy, The real identity of the so-called fake Rainbow Raider must remain a secret forever. Sergeant Clancy watches them go, scratching his head, saying, I don't get it. Off flies Superboy with the Man of Mystery. Nice panel of Superboy and the Rainbow Raider speeding through the air. Superboy says, The world must never know your secret identity just as it must never know mine. Only you and I will ever know who I really am. Seconds later, atop a towering mountain peak. You see them standing. Superboy hands on his hips is watching as the Rainbow Raider starts to lift off his mask. And indeed, Superboy says, there are no prying eyes hereabouts. Your secret will be safe. Remove the helmet mask. Yes, says the Rainbow Raider. He concludes in the next panel. Son, and he stands revealed as Jonathan Kent. Gasp. Yes, gasp indeed. Superboy says, If anyone had learned that you had masqueraded as a rainbow robber, Dad, in order to help Superboy, they might also have suspected that I, your son, Clark Kent, am really Superboy. A nice long-distance silhouette shot of them now standing on top of the mountain. And Jonathan is saying, I always wanted to play an active role in one of your exciting adventures, son. Thanks for finally allowing my secret ambition to come true. Maybe this won't be the last time we'll work together on a case. But Ma must never know. She thinks you're too old for such excitement. And in our final panel, That evening in the Kent home. When we see Ma Kent, which looks like a rocking chair, she's knitting and... Pa Kent with his pipe, he's reading a paper, and Superboy in full costume, not Clark, is reading a little book. And Ma Kent says, Everybody's wondering who masqueraded as your Rainbow Raider, son. If you ever need a woman to play a masquerade part for you, Superboy, let me know. I'm available. Superboy thinks, mm -hmm. The way she's smiling at Pa, I wonder, has she guessed his big secrets? The, the end. end. Fantastic. That was exciting. That was fun, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Interesting how much he looked like Dr. Fate was there. You know, any, <laughs> any old bucket head in a storm, I suppose. Cross between Dr. Fate and Red Tornado. His costume was yeah. like Red Tornado-ish. Yeah. That was fine, I suppose. You know, very functional Superboy story of the period with, you know, with gangsters and, and guns and stuff. You know, some really nice art, actually. I have to say, I thought the art was lovely. Yeah, it was great storytelling and a lot of fun. And again, a nice week condensed eight pages. Pete and I are both big fans of Superboy. And yeah. we did this because obviously there's a bit of character legacy going on. We like Superboy stories. We enjoy House of Mystery, Robbie Reed stories. So it was just really nice just to do a Superboy story. I love Mon Pa Kent. It was great. I love the fact that Jonathan got disguised and became a, a supervillain to help him out. You know, yeah. Put himself at risk because, you know, with the police and all that sort of stuff. But obviously we know that the police yeah. were kind of in on the gag and... It was a real risky move for Jonathan to go to the jewel thing that the baddies have set up. You know, he was he was in real yeah. danger. You know, there's no indication that he was wearing bulletproof gear or anything. So it was nice that he was involved. And of course, of course, Marquette knew what was going on. Martha knows everything. Of course she did. Of course she did. 
course she does. <laughs> I do like how uh, the rainbow gem that he had on top of his helmet is basically like a mobile disco. <laughs> it's on all the time. And yes. it's all these multicolours going all the time. Yes, sir, he can boogie. Indeed, yes. Yeah, it makes me think of one of those vans or buses or limos that you used to get going around the mm-hmm. city centre with yeah. loads of screaming girls. Sort of <laughs> the party buses. Yeah. Inside them on, on an 18th birthday party. Yeah, I bet the Rainbow Raider makes an absolute fortune of those sort of things. <laughs> Another bit of Rainbow-related nonsense to talk about. The cover of Superman issue 125 has Superman sort of demonstrating. The story's called something like Superman's New Power. And he's demonstrating, and it looks like there's little waves of rainbow energy coming from his fingertips. But it turns out that, you know, in the story, that has absolutely nothing to do with what happens. PC's going to tell us, actually, another bit of Superboy trivia that's of a similar bent. Yes, Superboy 111. It's got a very striking cover. It's got a pink background. You've got two skeletal dinosaurs. Mm. And it says, featuring the mental emperor. And again, we've got a man (laughs) with a kind of bucket on his head. Uh, with rainbow energy coming out of his fingers this time. And that's the, this is the mental emperor who appears to be part of the Superboy revenge squad. All right. And on it he's saying, admits I'm mightier than you, Superboy. With my power of mind over matter, I can conquer the world. And this mind over matter power seems to be coming out as rainbow energy from his fingertips. Mm-hmm. Now, inside the story, he does have telekinetic powers, but there is no rainbow effect inside the story. But the big twist in this story is... This character is actually Jonathan Kent in disguise. Good grief. Unbelievable. Again. I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, apart from that story we just did. Um, (laughs) We we should probably clarify as well that mental emperor means that he obviously has probably psychic powers. We don't mean that in the Glaswegian sense of a mental emperor to say that he's an emperor who's a bit of a nutter. We should probably clarify that for any Glaswegian listeners. (laughs) So yes, that's yet another story that has Jonathan Kent as a disguised bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> Tremendous I wonder if there's any more We could do a whole separate entire podcast After we finish our Dial H for Hero podcast About the Jonathan Kent as bad guys podcast The Jonathan Kent cast There's one other further bit of Superboy related trivia That I want to mention Listeners with long memories May recall the really enjoyable action comic story We did last year Where we talked about Atlas and Samson and Hercules And how parallel off versions of them came in And caused a bit of grief for Superman and Lois and Jimmy we talked then about some of the other stories that they'd all been in, and it was a bit of a precedent for these characters, drawn the way they were, appearing the way they did, so you know it was a, a good twist that they, they were parallel universe versions. They all also appeared in a story in issue 110 of Superboy. I wasn't aware of that one when I did the, the research for the, um, the three super criminals episodes, so apologies for that, but that's another bit of detail. Again, these characters were established before they popped up as parallel u- universe villains, so... That's probably it for this week, isn't it? Yes, that was a lot of fun. I think we covered the full spectrum of Rainbow Raider stories <laughs> of the Silver Age. That's what we thought about that. So what did you think about it? Please get in touch, listener. You can email us at theearth2podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on those social media because we'll be putting up lots of bonus content this week. Yep, all sorts. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast, And on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore earth2. And of course you can find all of our episodes on our website, that's theearth2podcast.com. Make sure you check out our socials, we're going to be putting up some of the covers from the Adventure Comics Dial H for Hero series, some of the issues of Superboy that had Dial H for Hero as a backup strip, and a few more covers that are also Superboy and Dial H for Hero related. Thank you for indulging us this week, it's a little bit of a stretch. When we get to (laughs) 1981 and we talk about those Flash issues, 
you'll have a bit more context to what we're talking about. So you never know. You might thank us one day. <laughs> Who can say? Anyway. On that bombshell. I've been David Steele. And I've been Peter Watson. And we'll see you next time on The, the Earth, Earth 2 Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinate set for Earth Prime. Robbie reads this and thinks. Robbie, re- Robbie reads this. <laughs> Jokes. Robbie reads this. His name's Robbie Reed. Peter's glowed at me because we have to do two stories tonight. <laughs>